Welcome to the Social Feed Podcast. I'm your host, Missy. Thank you for listening. In this episode, we meet with Jana Wilcox, the Senior Digital Sales Strategist at 2060 Digital and Hubbard Radio. We dive into all the trends for 2019, including new things that are going to be on Facebook, some Instagram updates like the donation button, and the start of chatbots. So let's get into this week's episode number 78, Trend Report, what's new on Facebook, Instagram, and chatbots. So today we have with us Jaina back again. It's been a while, but I'm back. <laughs> like, as, like when we say back again, like <laughs> back from traveling all over the place back again. from traveling, that is right, yes. yes. Um, Jaina has been, in her new role, she's been visiting all of our other Hubbard markets. So DC, Seattle, Cincinnati, Phoenix, West, West Palm. Palm. <laughs> nice and warm. Yeah, that, yeah, one, that one's got a stink. That one, it just is brutal. <laughs> oh, man. And so a big part of your new role is you are really training in all the other markets and keeping them up to date on all things just digital. Mm-hmm. And there's been so many updates. Jana did an awesome presentation to our sales team yesterday because every day, as you guys know, things change. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so I wanted to have Jana on the podcast to talk about all the new updates that have been happening and have just came through. And the first thing I want to focus on is the t- Facebook targeting. Yes. Thanks, Facebook. Oh, my goodness gracious. <laughs> yeah. Um, so just as Missy said, I really am highly plugged in at all times on what's going on because it's my role now within the company to train our sales staff on everything that's new really in the digital world, but specifically with social media, being that there are so many updates. I was on the team before with Missy, um, social media strategist, so now moving into this new role, consulting a lot um, with people and I get questions all the time all around the country it's really important that I stay plugged in so as Missy said I presented some new things in social and I'm super excited to talk to them talk about them today and the first one being Facebook oh my gosh so this is one again like Missy said things change literally every day this was like what two days ago this change happened three days ago two days ago um you know, I had my presentation, I was ready to go, and then our Facebook contact emailed us, and then also I started to get some questions from other markets. I saw an article, I'm like, oh gosh, what's happening? So essentially, Facebook has now changed their targeting again, Um, but this time it's a little different, and it's only in certain categories. So with Facebook's new changes, with everything that's happened in the last year, we've seen a lot of changes. Um, Recently, we already saw a lot of behavior, behavioral-based targeting and interest-based targeting being taken off a few months ago. And now what's happening is there's really three categories that are being changed, and that is housing, credit, and employment. So with that, what's going to happen is they're taking away a few things. So you'll see zip code targeting being taken away. Um, a lot of, so age and gender will be taken away. And um Facebook has has put a halt on this um, in hopes to be more transparent and authentic and just with the nature of of things that have taken place, people have given a lot of feedback that they want um, more privacy. So this is the first step in that and we'll be seeing it more. I know our strategists who are actually executing campaigns will have to adjust. Although I think if we can just be strategic about it, we still have um, those targeting capabilities, but under those three categories, they will change now. And I know that on a lot of the accounts that follow under these different categories, you if you are placing ads as a business, you're going to get a little notification saying that you are no longer able to target. So if you're like, oh my gosh, this is my business, this is the category I fall into, 
don't worry, Facebook will probably send you a notification when you place your ads and tell you that that targeting is going to be taken away. And Jana, is, has it been taken away yet or is it kind of being slowly removed as Facebook likes to do things? Yeah, you know, um, I from what I've read so far, I think it's being slowly remo- removed and you'll get those notifications, like you said. So you'll see now, um, just as they did a couple months back with some of the behavioral-based targeting they took away, you got a notification saying, hey, some of these targets will be taken away in the next uh, you know, few weeks. So uh, that's typically how they do things. Now, it, it could already be in place. And for sure, if you're placing those ads and you're a part of those industries, you'll either get approved or not. And you'll probably see that or you'll have the option or not. So it's really important to, to be strategic now more than ever about copy and creative and how you're going to word things. We already have run into those in the past, but now with targeting being a take, being taken away, um, it's more than ever going to be crucial. Can but you? They, they won't take away that targeting like mid-campaign. There's, there's no way that, you know, if you're running a campaign targeting some of those areas, would they force you to restart the campaign or anything like that? Potentially, I feel like they might. Yeah, you never know. Um, I don't know. I really don't know. I I have not seen an answer for that one. Um, I guess we'll find out. What do you feel like with like the resurgence of like custom audiences? Do you think that's going to be a bigger play now because you're able to upload that database with those audiences in it? Yeah, yeah. So I think that that'll be interesting. Um, I know, like with this, with what I've read, it's going to change a lot of like the capabilities with lookalike audiences and things like that. So I don't know. Um, It'll be interesting. And then also with the nature of those industries, just privacy in general, you know, if you're working with somebody um, from a bank, you know, that credit related thing to upload databases is already can be an issue. So um I don't know how much it will change just from a compliance standpoint anyway, um, but it very well could. Something they'll be just watching out for. Yeah, just watch out for it. You know, Um, we'll have more information to come and especially when our strategists start rolling out these campaigns. We definitely work with these categories and um, it's not to say they can't advertise anymore. And we're still looking into and um, I'm going to reach out to to our Facebook contact on the actual location, because I I know we saw zip codes was a a big flag, but we still don't know if there's a radius we can have or um, specific state lines, things like that. So we'll see. There's always a workaround. There's always (laughs) a workaround, yes. Um, And then the other thing you had talked a little bit bit more about um, was Instagram stories. Yeah. And just how crazy they've blown up. And when I was at South By, they talked a little bit about this as well. So can you tell us more about that? Absolutely. So um, Instagram stories, they are, they're skyrocketing. We've seen that um, happen in the last, like pretty much since they launched. So Instagram stories, if you're not familiar with it, which hopefully you are by now, you've probably seen it. um, A lot of clients I talk to still aren't and it's really important to get on board. So it's essentially what's been taken from Snapchat. um, The idea of having something live on a story for 24 hours, although you can save those as a highlight feature. Let's just say you have an event and you're storing things. It's that live organic feel, um, kind of that behind the scenes look and it's not on the feed, it's in the story section. So to elaborate on that, um, it's been now um, with some of the data that they've collected, stories are being viewed more than the feed or they're predicted to surpass the feed. So why it's so important is that that's where your audiences are. That's where people are consuming this type of content. Uh, People want real-time things. That's just how our society is. So these stories, 
there's data behind it uh, to back it up that people are really viewing these more than ever. And there's a lot of capabilities within those too. So you can place ads in the stories. Um, you can, if you're at 10,000 or more followers um, organically, you can have unlock tools like the swipe up features. But you can do that with ad placement, whether or not you have 10K or more. Uh, but it's just, it's a place you really should focus on as an advertiser or marketer. Yeah, a stat that I thought was really cool you talked about yesterday was stories are growing 15 times faster than the feed based on sharing and will surpass the feed based on sharing in the next year. Mm-hmm. So it's coming quick. Um, and the other thing too is you said something like 64% of advertisers ran stories in 2018, mm-hmm. which is up 14%. So I think if you're doing ads, make sure you always place them in the stories when you place those ads on Facebook. Yes. Is that is that uh, Facebook stories as well? Because I know Facebook kind of rolled those out. Mm-hmm. It, it was after Instagram stories, and I know several people were not happy about that because right. that changed Facebook drastically. Mm-hmm. But are, this, are the same stats, do that, does that apply to Facebook? That's a great question. So, so far the stats are not quite as there. Instagram is still... Um, much higher, but it's really interesting. And um, a lot of people, like you said, have had some interesting feedback on how they feel about Facebook stories. Although it's Facebook's ownership of Instagram, it's always wise. It's kind of that unwritten rule, like, hey, if we're doing it here, maybe we should test it on here as well. And I was, while traveling, I've worked with a lot of our radio stations in other markets, and they've asked me this question as well. So sitting down with them, I pulled up my phone, um, and I I showed them the screen, and um, Jeremy, who works with us, and I are like, hey, you know what? There is there is something to be said about these Facebook stories. They're taking up a third of your screen on mobile. They're the first thing people see. So if you're already creating the Instagram stories and you have them there, if you can just with the click of the button, you know, try it, do some tests on Facebook stories, I think it's wise. At least try it and see what happens. And this is a perfect segue into um, the next thing that you talked about with Instagram stories, which is the donation button. Yes. So if you're a nonprofit, this is definitely something you want to check out. (laughs) Oh, for sure. So another uh, big update in the world of Instagram that came out, it was announced uh, a few weeks ago, was, um, you know, being that Instagram stories have now reached that milestone of 500 million daily active users. Um, they have now enabled, well, or will be enabling, this is not fully rolled out yet, but it has to a, a handful of people. So mainly influencers with high followings have seen this feature, uh, which means it's coming for more people. Um, but it was in kind of just some beta testing at the moment. And, and what this is, is it's an Instagram um, donation feature. So on these Instagram stories, uh, there are, there's going to be a sticker now that you can um, donate money to. So kind of looking back again at Facebook um, with the ownership there, Facebook owning Instagram, Facebook has done really well with this. So they've raised over um, $1 billion through their feature. So if you're familiar with that, you've probably seen you're scrolling through a feed and I'm raising money for my birthday. Hey, it's my birthday. I, get those, I see those all over yeah, my feed. Like it's my birthday, huge. donate me money instead of getting presents, which I love. I yeah. love that feature. It's awesome. Um, we've done a little work with some mm-hmm. clients on it. Pat and I, we created a video last year for American Refugee Committee with this. Um, it was, it's just widely used it's very popular so it's easy and it's easy easy. and it feels good and it's so easy hey Mm -hmm. i can start raising money right here on facebook and because of the success there of course instagram now wants to try it too so 
in that story again. Um, so there's stickers already available. So if you go into a story, you can put stickers on of, you know, your location or you can tag someone or a hashtag or a cute gift. A gift. Yes. <laughs> All about the gifts. Exactly. Me too. <laughs> you can put music in there now. Um, so now a sticker will be available that says donation. And um, really, when you click on that, you're able to type in the charity of your choice and start raising money. And a big thing that this leads into, which is my next thing, is that um, I know you know Mark Zuckerberg had said going into 2019, a huge push for us um, in the new year is on Instagram and uh, in unlocking some of the shopping features so that we can start collecting payment data on there so it's easier for users to start shopping via Instagram the way they have in the past with Facebook. So in attempt to do that, I think that's really where this is coming from. And again, just about two days ago, Instagram finally announced that they have the checkout feature. So now that that's launched, I'm thinking that the donation um, capability will will see more. Um, But my next thing that I was going to talk about is Instagram checkout. So it's right now only available for, I think, like 23 to 26 brands, big brands. So I'll just use Zara, for example. Um, Zara now has the option to, in the clothing that they'll tag, you can just shop right there on Instagram, put your payment information in, it saves, and you're now shopping on Instagram without having to go to that website. Um, so really interesting there. It's a huge update. Um, it'll be great for e-commerce clients and um, people who are sh- just selling products. Um, you can do it on Instagram. And right now, it looks like there might be a small fee for smaller businesses to get that feature, but I don't know what that looks like yet. Um, and, you know, we can add some, we can share some links on some of the, the things that I, I read that on. But I love this feature, but I feel like it's gonna be so dangerous because, you know, <laughs> so you're scrolling through dangerous. Instagram late at night and you're like, oh my God, that swimsuit's so cute. It's like yeah. tap, buy, done. I'm like, oh my gosh, like right. dangerous. And I'm just thinking too, like, okay, so now, you know, we talk social all the time. This is the social feed, but now my experience in other markets is I'm playing the role of um, a digital brand strategist where I'm talking about all of our buckets and such a huge part of what we do as social media marketers and in general, all the other buckets, whether that's pay-per-click or SEO, you're trying to get people to your website. And that's a big thing. And it's huge. It's a huge driver. So now I just am curious to see <laughs> like if we'll see drops in site traffic because of this, because you can just do it on Instagram. I don't know what it looks like. I don't know if you still have to go in, but I don't think you will and I just am curious on how that's going to play a role in some of these well and the other my other thought is what does Amazon think about this because you know Amazon's trying to make it so easy for people to like shop and get it that next day this you don't need to direct people to an Amazon site or an e-commerce site so what is is this technically going to be competition for them I mean it's not big enough yet but is that where Facebook's going with this but as a small business if you're selling stuff not having to set up an Amazon page or not having to have e-commerce capabilities on your website and Mm -hmm. all you have to do is be able to ship your product Mm -hmm. to whoever buys it that's super intriguing and and very exciting it is my thing is like shipping like how does the shipping work is there 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 has to be so many i have so many questions until it like launches to everyone it's a it's a checkout page Mm-hmm. Almost like a website e-commerce checkout page, but yeah. it's just in Instagram. There's mm-hmm. there's no opening up a browser page, a browser tab, or anything. And yeah, it's pretty interesting. And it's funny that you bring up Amazon because mm-hmm. they've started to do things on their end, which is 
directly in relation to things Facebook and Instagram have done. So for example, now there's these Amazon influencers. So you can really apply to be an Amazon influencer. You can shop their page. So let's just say, hey, I'm an Amazon influencer and I have all these products shop them here so now they're doing pushes with influencer marketing which we've seen historically on instagram so it's kind of just like this back and forth battle and it's really going to be interesting in the next year to see how things play out so when you say amazon influencer so you could instead of setting up a page on amazon for like a brand you can set like a personal page with products you like Mm -hmm. like it's almost like a curated site yeah so um we, I'll use the example, we have somebody out in Cincinnati, she's on air, um, she has a really big presence on um, social media, Instagram, podcast, and uh, she's a health advocate, so she'll say all the time, like, I bought these um, containers from Amazon, oh, I love this water bottle, I got it from Amazon, so now it's it'll be interesting if somebody like her will make this page where she's just advocating for these products that you can get on Amazon. So, hey, shop my Amazon page. So this has to be sold on Amazon. Genius. <laughs> I know. I mean, that uh, t- to some degree has been around for a while. Like YouTubers and other people, you could put Amazon affiliate links anywhere and then yeah. that person would get the credit. But that's not, that had to be on some other platform. Like you had to put those links on your website or on right. your YouTube video or mm-hmm. whatever. But if you can actually create like a, profile type page on Amazon for that. Yeah. Yikes. I know. It's crazy. And then, um, Pat, you'll love this one. I want to talk about video a little bit. Yeah. Um, IGTV, watch parties, premieres. This was another thing you had talked about yesterday as well. So can you dive into a little bit of what each of those are and how brands can use them best? Definitely. So um, when I talked to the sales team yesterday, I really wanted to challenge them to think beyond the basics so typically what what will happen is somebody like pat will produce a beautiful video and will upload it or we've seen facebook live really skyrocket well now facebook has come out with these other capabilities which a few of them we've seen for a while but now i'm seeing them more and more and more of a push and i had a, a call with facebook probably last month it was and they talked about this a lot um, which again, unwritten rule, Facebook or Google is telling you to do something, you kind of do it because <laughs> they want you to. So um, when we were on the phone with Facebook, they talked about watch parties and premieres along with Facebook Lives. So what these watch parties are is um, when you basically have a public video that you can put on Facebook, but it's it's more exclusive. So you can have this exclusivity feel. Again, it feels kind of like that, you know, an influencer event or something where people now um, crave to feel like they're a part of a community. So you'll see Facebook groups are really big. Um, We've done a few of those with our Mm -hmm. clients. Um, So watch parties are very similar where you can be invited to watch a video with your friends. So again, think community. um, You'll see that trend a lot. Uh, So there's that one, which again, you can just upload a video as normal, like a public video, but then you can enable features um, to have people join in and and do these watch parties. Uh, Anybody can schedule a watch party too. Anybody can. Yeah, you don't have to be, obviously as a business page, you can schedule it and see who joins in. But any like any video that I see on Facebook, I could schedule a watch party exactly. and see if anyone of my friends wanted to watch that video with me. Yeah, yeah, that's absolutely correct. I'm glad you brought that up. Yeah, so it's for anyone. Um, so it'll be interesting to see if if that happens more. I've never seen any data or analytics behind it, um, but it's just an interesting way to look at things and how Facebook is moving into these communities and groups. Um, and then with premieres um, is essentially when Facebook lets you schedule a video, post it, but it's 
being debuted as a live video. So it's all almost like tricking the audience where it looks live, but you're smart and you've already produced it and um, made the edits and made it look beautiful. But from their view, it's looking like a live. So again, sometimes people don't always have the bandwidth to be live in that moment or they're scared or they, they just want it to look more professional. So this gives you that opportunity as well. This, this one intrigues me because <laughs> for the longest time, Facebook, their policies were like, no, your a live video has to be alive. And mm-hmm. there were third party tools that you could get and publish regular videos as live videos. But Facebook was shutting some of those yeah. down and they were like, no, this live stuff has to be live. That's why we created this. And now all of a sudden they're like, no, we're fine. Facebook <laughs> premieres. That's totally cool. If you want to <laughs> okay, create whatever video. We're making video. our own we tool. Figured out yeah. how to do our own yeah. way. Yeah, that's what that was. I mean, they just want to get into the content game. So they're just mm-hmm. saying, you know, influencers, content creators, share your stuff. And the nice thing about the premiere and live videos is people get a notification. Yeah. And I think they just want to capitalize on that. Totally. It's huge with the feed and getting less and less and less views. um, It's just these little tactics can help you reach back out to that audience without paying a ton of money. So I think from small businesses to big ones, these are all really great ideas to just start using. And since they are so new, most of them, Facebook hasn't put any restrictions on them yet. So it's exactly. like, if you can be creative and use them in the right way, right. your business could boom from mm-hmm. these ideas. It's so true. And um, then that that last one that Missy had talked about, IGTV. So again, this is not anything that's super new. It's been around for, oh God, at least a year about or a, a year, little yeah. more. But um, I myself personally have been seeing it more than ever and watching it more. I remember when it first came up and like, Pat, you were kind of playing around with it and uploading videos. I was so excited when it first (laughs) came out. I'm like, this is going to be awesome. I know. I'm like, what is Pat? Like, what is this? What? (laughs) And now I watch these videos all the time and they're really, I mean, they're even being more incorporated into the feed and stories. I feel like it's like, click over to view the rest of this video. And I do because I've already watched the short clip. So if you're not familiar with IGTV, it's um, the long form version of a vertical video. So again, how people are consuming content, they're on their mobile devices. We used to want to like flip our phones and look at things and we still do and, you know, on YouTube and things like that. But now people are scrolling through and they just want to look at it vertically in the palm of their hand. So that's what IGTV is um, made to be. And it's longer form. So you can still have those short friendly clips on um, stories or in the feed. But then this leads to, I think it's up to 10 minutes of a long video. So... IGTV started with a bang and everybody was super excited and Instagram got a few influencers and content creators to start creating content. But there were very few people that were creating content only for IGTV. A lot of people would create the same thing for their that they were creating on YouTube and just put it on IGTV. And so it never really picked up. Mm -hmm. But I think the big push recently was what Jaina just said when they started allowing you to share your IGTV video in your Instagram feed. Mm -hmm. Because now you can promote it somewhere Mm -hmm. where people actually are scrolling through and seeing it. And then, like you said, they'll click over and watch the whole thing. Yeah, people just want things easy. Like there was always that icon, like I could click over to it, but... I'm looking at stories and I'm looking at the feed already, you know, just make it easy for me. And they did. And it's so true. I'm watching them more now than ever. Um, And it's interesting, like when you say, you know, a lot of people were just repurposing content that they had on YouTube before. And I still, when I meet with clients, it's like a lot of them are like, well, we have a YouTube channel, but we don't 
really use it, but we don't really get much, many subscribers or traction. So I encourage you, if you're listening or um, the clients I've talked to that, you know, hey, well, let's try that as a test. Maybe start to upload those and see if there's any traction and then, you know, see where it goes. And now that they're making it easier, you may have more traction. So if you already have a, a video library, I mean, I don't know, Pat, if, is it pretty easy just to repurpose that right on IGTV but what about like sizing and sizing stuff? is the, is the sticky point there because okay. if you're filming it um, horizontally landscape for YouTube um, it it can look weird if you just crop it right for okay, IGTV um, and then you also it, it also doesn't feel natural if you just take that and display it like a bar in the middle of your screen because mm-hmm. IGTV is made for vertical and you're just missing a lot of space sure. there. So there are, there are ways that you can do it. You can just repurpose the same thing. Um, but you know, when we're talking to clients, I always say, pick the primary channel you want to use this on and film for that. And then if you want to share a clip of it to get people from IGTV to YouTube or try that, then that's probably better. But yeah. you're not going to, you're probably not going to film something one time with one camera and be able to post it natively well on all of these platforms because mm-hmm. you're you know we always say square videos for facebook and instagram vertical videos for igtv and instagram stories landscape videos <laughs> yeah. for youtube that's those are like three different filming styles if if we're coming in to do a video and mm-hmm. so trying to repurpose stuff for all three of those gets a little sticky you can do it mm-hmm. it just might not work quite as well as if you produce three okay. different right. videos yeah, that's great to know. Um, and it's it's true. They're all a little different. Um, so take Pat's advice. <laughs> Do you guys listen to um, Billie Eilish? No. Um, <laughs> Pat's like, that's too weird for me. <laughs> um, yes, I do. Not a lot, but I, I do. Yes. So she has that music video called um, You Should See Me in a Crown, and it's uh-huh. vertical shot, and it's beautiful, just like the artistry of it, and she released it on Instagram when she first put it out, and it's a oh, vertical video. Yeah. So it's just kind of cool seeing like these artists now incorporating that. Right. Like Instead of doing your typical music video and putting it on YouTube, they're now releasing them on Instagram. I well, you know. can do vertical video on YouTube now. Oh, you can now? That was, that was a new feature. towards the end of 2018 YouTube finally came around to vertical video and I've seen a few music like big time music videos Ariana Grande I think and and Sheeran I think did one where they they basically filmed a vertical video and put it on YouTube Mm -hmm. so if you know it's the capability is there. I think people most of the time when they're on YouTube are expecting to see horizontal video. Because all the rest of them right. are like, yeah. Right. But it's, it stands out because it's unusual. Right. Because yeah. I was going to say, like, I noticed that with Ariana Grande, she was promoting a new music video in the story and it was like, swipe up to watch it. And I did, but I'm like, whoa, this is on Instagram. Like, I don't even have to go to YouTube to watch her video. Yeah. Wow crazy cool the last thing i want to talk about is chat bots because this was something that has been brought up a few times with clients um so facebook messenger and chat bots are a big thing and it's a big trend for 2019 in the articles that i've read as well and so what's interesting about that i think we talked a little bit about this on the podcast um with the south by southwest podcast too but how chat bots are starting to take over so kind of going back to your point jana people don't need to go to a website to get information. They can just go to a Facebook page. A chat bot can, a chat bot can be there mm-hmm. and you can just get your questions answered right, from that. Right. What are your guys' thoughts about that? I, okay, I have a story. <laughs> <laughs> Good. Um, this was a few months ago, but I saw an ad 
um, for an activewear clothing company on Facebook. I'm like, oh, sweet. I'll, I'll check that out. I clicked on the ad. It took me to Facebook Messenger. Mm-hmm. And I knew I knew this was a, a thing that was out there, but this was my first experience with it. And, you know, the, the chat bot chimed in and said, hi, thanks for checking out our brand. Um, sign up, you know, enter your email address here to get updates. So sure, I typed in my email address. I literally had like a half an hour conversation with this chatbot where they were recommending items of clothing for me. I was giving sizes. I literally could have bought stuff straight from um, Facebook Was it Messenger. a real person? No. This it was, was all automated. It was all automated. Like oh they would gosh. give you an option, like type in, you know, fill out this form. And so it was a blank that you had to fill in. I couldn't, I couldn't just type in whatever and it would automatically yeah. know. But I was filling out the form, giving sizes and address and I literally could have just bought everything. So similar to the Instagram yeah. purchasing, that's Facebook and that's chatbots. And wow, I mean, I get emails from them still to this day because I signed up for their mailing list. I, I didn't end up buying anything from them, but it was it was a eye opening, crazy, awesome, scary experience. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. But again, going back to that, people want instant gratification. They do. And if they can have that experience from that, why not? I have no idea what it took to put that together on on their yeah. end because it's got. I mean, it's got to hook up to their database mm-hmm. or their their website e-commerce site somehow and all that. But it all happened flawlessly in Facebook Messenger. Yeah, and you were pleased with the, like how the conversation went and you felt like it was a good experience I was sucked in yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean it's <laughs> it's something I know um, when I was here in the summer we had talked about with a client and we had looked at you know there's third-party tools and things but just as a whole like AI is learning is huge and it's crazy it's like it's gonna take over the customer service industry if that's the case like if you had that experience I've I've had jobs in the past where like I was the customer service rep and I was behind the keyboard answering those questions and it's just and it's so interesting um, travel Belize did a really cool campaign um, a little bit ago for where they did a scavenger hunt in the Twin Cities and so you could go to the travel Belize Facebook page you could pop up a message like you were going to message them and then it would have something similar. A chat bot was set up and it would tell you, you could type in like where you were at and somehow it picked up like your geographic location and it could say you are 25 feet from the treasure. Wow. And so then people would go on the chat and say certain things back and then it could tell them like, okay, go right, go left. And it was like kind of like a GPS scavenger hunt. Yeah. And people, they actually, people were so into it. They got so much traffic that the medallions were all found within the first like three hours. So then they put out more medallions. And if you found the medallion, you got a trip to Belize. Wow. wow. So they used the chat bot specifically for this campaign and it drove tons of engagement on the Facebook page. All these people were chatting with it and it was all automated. Yeah. Well, Super cool campaign. And it's just like messenger in general. It's really interesting. I talked with um, somebody in the automotive industry in Cincinnati and he was like, Hey, I heard that these chatbots are going to get me sales. Like, let's dump as much money into Facebook <laughs> advertising as we can. And I'm these like, wait, bots. what did you like? What did you hear? And he <laughs> sent this presentation. It was from you know a lot of the automotive industries have these um, th- people that um, specialize in that. But it was it was all based on chatbots mm-hmm. and you know how he could get more messages and that could sell more cars because and it makes sense. It's like yeah, people want to know what they want to know and. Um, it makes it easy for that. If, if you're in an industry like that where a lot of people are asking the same questions, yeah. that seems like a good a good spot to set that stuff up because totally. you can set up those responses for those certain questions. If you're in like 
the medical industry or something like that, where you're personalizing everything right. and people aren't asking the same thing and they need somebody, then doesn't I don't think that really makes sense. But yeah. the thing about chatbots that I'm unsure of, but that's just because I'm old. <laughs> And, and, <laughs> you're not that old. <laughs> oh my gosh. If you're old, then I'm old. <laughs> but automated phone systems are the worst. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. And this I is basically know. the digital equivalent of yeah, that. But is. somehow this is so much better. Right. How is this insanely better than a phone screener system? Is it because it's faster and visual? And Yeah, I feel like it's like it's on your own time, kind of. Right. Like the automated phone system, I'm hooked to this device now. Or I guess the chatbot you are too, but... I no, yeah. I don't know. That's a good point. It, the the chatbot just feels so much more natural, mm-hmm. and you may not you, you you know that you're talking to a bot and you're not having a real conversation, yeah, but it right. doesn't feel forced or it doesn't give me anxiety like getting on the phone and having to punch in numbers Ugh, and Lord. try to get to a person eventually. You know, yeah, yeah. so frustrating. And I think too with that, I mean, thinking about the industries, like usually if you're punching in automated phones, it's for a bank or a doctor's office or you know I have to make this return or something. Whereas maybe like with you, you were served that ad, your behavior, you clicked on that and sure. then it brought you to that conversation. So how are the consumers, you know, behaving that customer journey? It was a little different. Yeah, it's true. So. A little bit. Well, that was our update. I hope you guys enjoyed. Thanks, yeah. Jada, for being of on course, and filling us so in. good to be back. Yes. Oh my gosh. Um, Jada, you'll be back this summer, right? So I we're going to have you on some more podcasts. I'll be around. Yes. Can't wait. All the links we talked about in today's podcast will be in the show notes at socialfeedpodcast.com slash EP78. Make sure to subscribe to the Social Feed Podcast with Apple Podcasts or your favorite podcast player to get a brand new episode delivered to you right every Wednesday. (laughs) We would love to hear about what you guys think about the podcast. So if you could please give us a review, that would be amazing. Um, Apple Podcasts, wherever you guys listen. And you can also join the conversation and get in touch with us on our Social Feed group page. Facebook group, yeah. Facebook group. So go on Facebook, search for Social Feed Podcast. You can't miss it. Join it. We'll probably accept you. Thank you guys for listening and we'll be back next week. We'll probably accept you. The Social Feed is a production of Hubbard Interactive with music provided by Minneapolis-based artist John Atwell.